Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Storefront Knowledge. We're a marketing tool set and training company designed to educate you on paid search and save you time with our tools. On the show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find show notes and other information about our guests on certifiedknowledge.org. Now, in our last show, we, we had Mike Blumenthal on the show talking a, a lot about local and really going through the top, you know, roughly five things to do. But and, and in this show, Mike's going to come back and, and graciously donate more time and get into a lot more technical aspects and, and, and thinking about some things for local. So uh, thanks, Mike, for coming back on the show again. Uh, thanks for having me again. So. You know, can you give us like the 30-second recap of what we've talked about so far, just so – just refresh everyone's memory that I heard a couple of weeks ago. Local is a critical part of search. Google has a dominant market share in local, particularly in mobile, where a vast – where perhaps more than 50% of the searches are now with local intent. Um, and that the you know that your strategy, if you are location based businesses, needs to take the pack results and reviews into consideration as part of your strategy. And the critical piece of that is that what Google is looking for in the local market is those companies that are able to make themselves obviously brand identifiable within the constraints of their geography. Yeah, and, and that's a thing, right? When we say Google's looking for, that's one of those tough, tough terms to kind of define. And, right. and so, you know, Google's done, I mean, obviously a lot of updates, but I think diving into some of Pan and Penguin would, would leave us with, oh, I don't know, like minus 20 years to our life. But um, when, you, when you think of local, right, there's been a, a Venice update in 2012, there's been a Pigeon update. When you, when you think about the updates in local recently, mm-hmm. can you just explain a little bit about what these mean when you say Venice, you say Pigeon, how Google's kind of changed their opinion on things or how they look at it now? So I think you need to go back even just a little bit further. 2010, Google bought Metabase, which is a a large-scale static database to deal with people, places, and things, right? Uh, Historically, local was done through a web index technology. And starting at the beginning of 2012, uh, Google was moving local into the fixed uh, static ID uh, database that they had purchased from Metabase. Um, And so a lot of what you're seeing is sort of the shift of Google towards sort of entity-based search knowledge, right, where they track not just all the people, places, and things in the world, but the relationships between them. So that switch started occurring uh, uh, in the beginning of 2012. And the first rollout that was really significant in this sort of uh, 
realm was Venice. Now, Venice wasn't really about local. Venice was about giving locally, local, uh, based on their Google's knowledge of local, where the local searcher was, was uh, giving extra credit to organic local pages, right? So on this non-geo-phrased search head term like insurance, person's located in Orlando, as per your example two weeks ago, Google elevates local organic pages. We're not quite sure the signals they're using, but inserts them and puts them on par with highly competitive you know, pages that are national in scope. Um, so that was Venice. That was a big deal. Then the other uh, big deal was Hummingbird, right? Which, for the most part, went unnoticed except in local. And and Hummingbird was primarily to allow them to better understand sort of verbal queries and map those to this knowledge graph. In local, it had a huge impact because it really started this trend that has been subsequently reinforced of Google preferring to show what they think are brand search brand results in local search results even if the search query is ambiguous right so you search for dui lawyer some spammer named their google place page dui lawyer when hummingbird first came out we saw all kinds of those kinds of one pack results at the top with these bad spammy results in them um that was Hummingbird, which was fall of last year, August of last year. And then uh, Pigeon, uh, which the big difference with Pigeon, besides this sort of increased focus on local branding, was an increased localization, both in terms of the searcher location. Google moved down to like neighborhood and suburbs for searcher location uh, understanding and narrowed the radius of many searches, even more than it had been. So previous to Pigeon, the search radius might have been 10 or 15 or 20 miles. Google might have narrowed that search radius to six, seven, or eight miles. So that was the Pigeon update. Um, so uh, those, have all, those have been the three that have affected local a lot over the last three years. So we're seeing them you know, about every 12 to 18 months. Um, so when when I think of then these updates and I think of local presence, right? I could I can spend time optimizing for organic search results. I could spend time trying to increase my listings in a map product on a desktop. I could spend time trying to make sure everything's mobile friendly and, and increase my rankings on a maps, you know, application results. I mean, where where does someone start with all these options? Right. So I don't see these as mutually exclusive activities. I see them as part and parcel of a long-term plan. I once did this graphic called Web Equity, which you can find. But basically, you focus by having a great localized website. You do the one-time nap consistency everywhere kind of deal, which might take you know a month or two months, depending on how thorough you are. Right. So those are like one, you know, not one. They're like one-time investments, unless you're moving or changing phone numbers, right? And then you, you know, be sure you're gathering your email addresses, be sure you're doing review management. Those are process driven, right? Once you get the processes in place, they can happen on autopilot. Um, then the question becomes, where do you go next, right? And I believe that, you know, a strong content plan that involves, you know, blogging and social 
will get you the branded links and the keyword links that you need in a very organic way. So I don't, I see it as a continuum, not as a let's do this, let's do that kind of thing. I see it in part, part and parcel of an effective, comprehensive plan that you've strategized which things you do one time, which things are process-driven, you get them set up, and which things you have to do on an ongoing basis. You know, making yourself newsworthy in the Internet environment is something you need to do on a regular basis through great content, through some sort of special events. And I believe that when you earn links that way, you then create this visible brand that Google can see in the best of ways. So so just real quick for our listeners, NAP is, is a common local acronym meaning name, address, phone number. If you, you'll, you'll get to this with NAP over time. So, so Mike, you, you've said newsworthy a few times. Now, when you say newsworthy, do you mean like it has to be in the local newspaper or can it be a local blogger or can it be you know, a link from a forum system? And when you say newsworthy, what's your kind of definition of that term? Right. Well – the, let's see. So there's many ways of being newsworthy. I mean, the first is you've got to move your marketing efforts from offline to online so that they're visible to Google, right? You could be support every Little League team in the city, but if those Little League teams aren't recognizing you on their website, Google doesn't know about it, right? So the first is this recognition that you need to think of your marketing both offline and online, right? Uh, the second is that the best links are links that are going to be seen by potential customers, right? So linking in a forum, an esoteric forum, that may provide you some link juice in Google's scheme of things isn't going to be seen by, you know, by your customers necessarily. So I really think you need to think about where online do you need to be to be seen by them, right? And then thirdly, you know, there are different types of newsworthy events. I mean, it could be as simple as you photographing the soccer games for a given set of schools because your kids play in and you post those regularly. Well, that's newsworthy. People will turn to that. They'll come to it. They'll visit your blog and then from your blog filter over to your website, right? But it could also be, I have a client, a couple clients have done this, where they set up scholarships, right? Uh, and they um, set up scholarships for local students and the application was online and the local schools needed to link to the application for their students. And they were, you know, it wasn't a requirement of the program, but they were able to get a lot of, you know, local schools to, you know, send their students to this page to get the scholarship application um, from their school website. So they were great branded links helping the community, newsworthy in the community. They then wrote articles that appeared both online and offline about the scholarship. The scholarship was announced at the annual high school graduation. You know, so it's kind of a marketing event, but one that increases your visibility both offline and online generated, you know, constructive links. I have one client who did the same thing but did it nationally to law schools and they got an incredible number of inbound links from Brown and Cooney and SUNY and, you know, Rice and those kinds of places. So it was newsworthy in an internet sense. So that could be anything, right? I mean that's yep. That, that, that's great. That's great information, things to think about. So let's do this. Let's take a break for our sponsors. Then we're going to come back and, and talk specifically about some of the challenges of multi-location business and, and how they may think differently. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. 
InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And so we're back talking uh, about local with, with Mike Blumenthal. And we've, we've talked to a lot of local stuff where information could be you know, useful for one or multi-locations. But we think specifically of multi-location challenges. Um, what are some of the, the big high-level differences between trying to, to get visibility for a single location versus multi-locations? Well, obviously, if you the first is just even the simple things of executing a a NAP and citation campaign to be sure that your information is accurate across the internet is a huge challenge when you have more than ten locations, right? So everything needs to happen at scale. Um, the website is a challenge. Having locally relevant content and locally relevant landing pages, you know, has to happen at scale. They have to be findable on the website, right? I mean, if they're hidden behind some JavaScript or some sort of zip code based um, location finder, Google can't see them, right? So you have to have good technology on the website side. Um, so it's difficult even getting to the minimum table stakes of having good local landing pages, good local content, and seeding all of your location's information accurately and then trying to measure that, right? having some sort of metrics. Um, and it's compounded by the fact that Google is in a huge transition, right, where, where you're caught between their old places 
dashboard for bulk and their new My Business dashboard. This is a transition that individual locations went through earlier this year, finally made it through, but now bulk people are going through it. And that throws additional monkey wrenches in the game, in the, in the way because Google is making it hard if you haven't transitioned yet. So, so there's a lot of challenges. Yep. So, so you mentioned sites first, and so let's let's talk about this for a second. So, there are, are some sites, and in fact, I'm going to use Hilton as an example here, right? Where Hilton has a corporate site, and they have an okay Finder program, and some of their pages are cobble, but they also have franchises. And and what usually happens is, if it's a franchise location, they have their own website, plus it's on corporate site. If it's not franchise and it's usually only on corporate but it may have it so what do you think when you've got a, a business lot of locations and some are on the main site some also have websites is this just even a bigger mess for google or is this an, an advantage they can take something to take advantage of well you can only take advantage of what you can organize manage and control right and if you've got an uncontrollable mess between franchisees and franchisors, it's not going to get any better online. It's going to be uncontrollable, right? I mean, the ideal world is where you have franchisees and franchisors talking, cooperating, and coming up with a single strategy. The new Google My Business bulk allows that to happen. The old one didn't. It was, you were basically, there was competition. Google would accept feeds from both the franchisee and the franchisor, and the feeds would compete right, in Google for prominence. Now, with the new Google My Business, you can have a single owner, but that owner can open it up through a, a business account to sub-owners and sub-brands, and you can do all sorts of fancy stuff. So um, the best strategy is one where the franchisor and the franchisee are talking and come up with a single strategy for everybody, right? Now... now and so the question, you know, is it multiple sites? Is it a single site? Well, that's a resource-driven question, right? Um, in most multi-location businesses, the most cost-effective thing to do to build great local landing page, work on your domain prominence for the homepage, distribute that prominence through the local landing pages, and use that as the core. But if you've got enough resources, you may take a different strategy, or in the case of the hotels, you may be forced to take a different strategy because you know, there's all these various sites floating around. But regardless, it's always best if you come up with a single uh, agreement as to how this is going to happen. So when when we when we go further, right? We've got so let's say you've got a thousand locations. Now there's two ways this is often distributed. You've got some maybe not a thousand. That's a lot. Maybe three hundred locations. Or you've got something like you know an IKEA, and they've got never. I mean, I don't think there's ever more than one per city. But then you've got like State Farm. They you know you may have thirty in a single city. So when you think multi-location, does the, the number, the, the penetration number, the number you have in any one city make a huge difference in how you approach everything? It's a great question and one that I've never really thought about um, in that way. You know, Google is going to – to some extent, with the increasing localization and contextualization – in smaller and smaller radiuses, it doesn't really matter because Google is only showing results in such a small radius that that when you do a brand search on State Farm, you're only going to get the three that are closest to you or within that search radius, right? Now, there may be a few that get dropped out. So as Google continues to narrow that and 
increasingly local contextual nature of local search, I see it as not an issue. You know, last year when Google was showing huge geographic areas, some showed and some didn't. That's, you know, that's an issue. Um, and it's very hard to plan around because it's not always clear why Google picks one rather than the other in that situation. So, yeah. you know, uh, and also in State Farm, there's conflict between the agent and the company, right? So yep. it makes it even harder. So, I mean, it's interesting because Pigeon, in a way, almost helped the State Farm, but hurt the IKEA. So, if if let's say, because you'll have people who, and they're just they're just on the edge of a map, or I, I know one instance, one instance in Denver where like their north location, which is least less profitable, shows and not their south location because of where Google determines the center of Denver is, right? And and so, right. if you've only got one location in a city. How do you increase its prominence if you're in the suburbs or the outskirts of town? Right. So, um, firstly, one of the things that's happening is that as Google contextually localizes these searches more, you know, the old strategy of locating your business in the industrial park, as Google is going to show you, may have to be revisited. Right. It may come down to your best off being where people are living and searching. So it goes back to even the fundamental question of where you locate your business, right? I mean, you know, in the in the storage business, many storage people were changing the location of their storage facilities because Google was doing just that, showing it over a broad radius, and now that's shifting back, right? So, so there's even it goes back even that far. But one of the things you can do if you're just outside is. Um, First thing is to understand, go into Google Analytics and understand which suburbs you're now showing for, right? I did some analysis on my blog that showed a technique where you can actually map the change of which suburbs you were showing for pre-pigeon and post-pigeon so you understand, or at least better, where you are being displayed. So that's step one is understanding. Step two is, you know, throwing away some of your assumptions, you know. Google may know better than you. Like Barbara Oliver was showing for Buffalo searches. Now she's showing more for some of the suburb searches. The traffic about equaled out, but, um, you know, in some ways where she's now showing is higher value residential uh, searchers, right? Less um, lower income searchers. So, you know, maybe Google actually did her favor by cutting her out of the city. So throw away some of your prejudices. The, the, the next thing to do, though, is to, is to um, obviously continue your brand building because you never know when this is going to switch back or Google's going to change the radius and things are going to shift again. And then finally, you, you want to explore longer tail phrases that increase the radius, right? So if you look, for example, in the jewelry business, which I happen to have top of mind, a jewelry phrase or jewelry store is going to give you a much more constrained radius than, say, engagement rings, right? Um, and so you may want to shift some of the phrases to those that give you that are still high value, but that give you a broader radius which you can compete in. And then, if you have to, and if it's worth enough, think about relocating your office or adding a new office, right? I mean, if if you have the growth opportunities to, and the income that would be you know would be supported by that, then um, you know I mean Google isn't there to market your business, but Google may offer you opportunities to increase your business. So perfect, perfect. So let's so let's take one more break for our sponsors. We're going to come up and and I think we'll do a quick rapid fire. We're going to do it a, a different time of a segment real quick. 
more Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, and we're back talking with uh, Mike Blumenthal about local. And, and when I get into industries and talks that I've been in for years myself, I always have way more notes and questions than we can ever cover in shows. So here's my thought, Mike. I'm going to throw out some words and give me your first 15, 20-second opinion or thought on what it is. How does that sound? Brad, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of Mike Blumenthal having a 15-second opinion? No, I haven't, so I'm going to see if it's possible. This is, this is, a, real, this is a real constraint. You're going to, there should be a big bell that goes off. Ding! Kind of like the gong show, you know? Yep, ding. There we go. AdWords Express. Okay. Imp- dramatically improved quality over a couple of years ago. A lot not liked by people in the AdWords industry, but very good for people with low budgets. Uh, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a month. Simple to set up and geotargeted very well. Perfect. Yelp. Yelp. Pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, uh, huge conflict of interest in their business model, right? Where they're, where they're telling you if you take out a, a Yelp ad, they're going to take competitors' ads off your page. You know, relevant only in the urban areas and big urban areas and bi-coastally, totally irrelevant in places like Buffalo and Chicago, Minneapolis, interestingly. Uh, Facebook. Facebook, growing force and local. You know, uh, they did a great job rolling out local reviews. Have become a huge player. Um, they've just introduced some, you know, locally targeted advertising. That's interesting. They're kind of the sleeping giant. 
Um, Bing. Bing is local. It frequently is underfunded. Yeah, they go dark periodically. Sometimes they do good stuff. Sometimes they don't. They really need to just focus and get on with it instead of in and out and in and out. Um, Apple Maps. You know, it's not just Apple Maps. It's Apple as a in total, right? Okay, yep. Apple Pay, Apple Watch. Um, Apple's taking a different approach to local where it's opt-in, where the user has to choose to be in that system, right? Much different than Google's always on, always in. You know, no opt-in, no opt-out. You're just in, right? You know, Google, with Apple, you have to choose to be in. So Apple is a risk to everybody because they're hiding the data, right? Apple Pay, nobody's seen that data except for the processors. That's a huge issue. Um, the same with virtually every aspect of Apple. So it really gives the user a lot of control. It's a, it's really, and it's quite exciting because this whole iBeacon thing is is like the URLs to the real world. I mean, Apple's going to know more about the real world with interior mapping and, and beacon mapping than almost anybody. And their positioning on their phone is much more accurate than others, you know, between the, uh, the iBeacon and Wi-Fi and um, their motion detector. They have a real, uh, real uh, you know, I, th I see them as a huge long-term threat to Google. Interesting. That's very interesting. Twitter. Irrelevant and local for the most part. All right. So who is – let's say you're doing everything right now, and you're doing it correct, and you're, you're getting good results. What's next in local? What's the thing we should look to the future for? Well, I mean, are you talking one year or five years? Oh, let's say a year. Let's say we're being tactical, so a year. Okay. Yeah, so it's five years. I think you have to keep your eye – and maybe three. You have to keep your eye out on Amazon, Facebook. Uh, Apple, I see them all as having plays in local. That could be interesting, okay. and that may happen uh, in a year, right? Expand uh, on your expand on Amazon for a second, then we'll go back to the question. Sure. So let me explain even bigger than Amazon. I see each of these companies have their own sort of gestalt, right? They understand the world through a different lens. Google understands the world through big data. Apple understands the world through the personal device and the choice of the individual. Amazon understands the world through markets. Uh, Facebook understands it through the social graph, right? So each of them, when they move into local, will leverage their knowledge different, you know, in a way that's different to get into local. So, you know, we're reading rumors about Amazon opening up markets for like carpenters and plumbers, right? So you'd go in New York City to the Amazon local plumbing market, see which guys delivered on time and on budget, and you'd see all their reviews and you'd Get them, and, and Amazon would make sure they actually show up when they say they're going to show up, right? So, I mean, Amazon's kind of intriguing in that way. They really understand markets and and products much better than Google does. And if they can move that down to local, then, uh, you know, in a truly local way, they're opening a store in New York City. They're doing one-day delivery of groceries. They're, they're dabbling a lot in very local things and certainly have an, a lot of resources and don't care about making a profit. Okay, so actually, back to our rapid fire. There's one I forgot, but when oh. I see the absolute most TV, <laughs> see, I told you, for, go there goes the 15 second plan. I know, I know, Angie's list. Okay, okay, because I, I see way more commercials. So when we consider out, you know, a year from now, and the next big thing I should be looking at or considering yeah. getting my teams on board now, what one is it? Qualification, qualification to everything I've said here, and that is demographic and market specificity. There are times when Yelp is the perfect solution. There are times when Angie's List is the perfect solution, where it's right in your geography and your market. My answers are sort of nationally averaged, and the local is about specific 
targeted results. Big difference, right? So anything I've said, throw it out if it's wrong in your market, in your demographic. No, that's very fair. All right. Any any last words of wisdom, thoughts, big picture, small pictures that you want to leave the audience with? You know, start – I think if you're getting involved in local, start by the basics of doing what I call a map audit and a nap audit. Go to Apple Maps, Google Maps, and Bing and type your freaking address in and your business name and see if it resolves correctly on the map. And then go to moz.com forward slash local and yext and type in your business information and see if there's discrepancies out there. You know, start with the basics and make sure that stuff is right. Now, the problem with yext, if you do it, they're going to market the bejesus out of you. Moz is much less, uh, agree doesn't do that. Uh, and yext is quite egregious in that regard. So be prepared for a lot of solicitation, but it still has a useful tool to let you see if you have the basics done. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Mike, this has been fantastic, fantastic couple of shows. So if someone wants to find you online and learn more, we will put links, of course, to everything on our show notes. But where can they find you online? Well, I think even more exciting would be finding me in person, Brad. <laughs> just, we've just partnered with Moz on our next Local You Advanced in Seattle, February 7th. Moz and Local You are partnering on an event called Local Up, where we're bringing in some of the best local brains for a day of local geeking out. So I would, uh, I'm pitching it, but I think it's worthwhile. That's fine. And, and because these shows are listening to you later, that's February 7th, 2015. February 7th, 2015. Thank if anyone listens to this afterwards, it's always good to put the year in there just in case. Um, excellent, excellent. So, hey, <laughs> thanks for showing up in Seattle and. <laughs> local up not being there right exactly exactly hey mike so hey thanks for being on the show this has been wonderful thank you for having me and uh, thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of mark and nirvana as a reminder show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org new episodes can be found on mondays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific you can find archives or past shows at webmasterradio.fm iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Play, iTunes, and pretty much anywhere you can listen to a show these days. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.